Good morning and Merry Christmas. It is so great to be gathered with all of you. My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here, one of the elders, and it is great to celebrate this great day with you. The God of the universe who created everything we see, who holds existence together by his very nature, has come to earth as a child in human form to be with us. That's what we celebrate today on Christmas Eve, that God has come to be with us, to be with you, to be with all of us. But the question we want to be asking this morning is, why do we celebrate that? Why is that something good? Why should we be excited that God chooses to be with us? And to answer that question, we're going to give three different thoughts, three reflections on what it means that God is with us. We're going to see how that is a comfort to us. We're going to see how God being with us is a challenge to us. And we're going to see how God being with us is a call to us to go where he goes. So to start us off, I've asked some children in our congregation to come forward and share with us something comforting. So if I could have the kids come on up. Let's see, we've got uh, Caroline should be coming up and Wesley and Allie and Arlo. And they've brought something with them that is a comfort to them. So let's see, let's, uh, if you kids could stand right here so they can see you, face them, because they want to see you, because you're a lot cuter than I am, all right? So let's start with Caroline. Caroline, can you introduce us to your stuffed animal? Sprinkles. What, what, what's the name? Sprinkles. Sprinkles. Why do you like Sprinkles? She's, because I got her for my birthday. You got her for your birthday. That is a good reason. Arlo, who do you have with you? Moosey. Moosey. Show Moosey to everyone. That's a good one. Why do you like Moosey? Because he's comfortable. He's comfortable. Way to go with the theme. I like that. All right. Wesley, who do you have with you? Teddy. Teddy. All right. Why do you like Teddy? He's huggable. He is huggable. He looks pretty huggable. And Allie, what about you? My, uh, my animal's named Foxy. Foxy. And why do you like Foxy? Because my brother got it for me for Christmas. For Christmas. You want to show everybody how Foxy can come out of his sleeping bag? This is super cool. Check this out. Look at that. <laughs> Everyone needs a fox in a sleeping bag. That's what I always say. All right. Well, these kids have shared something that is comforting to them. And now they're going to read scripture for us. And they're going to share some words from the Bible about how God comforts us. Caroline, will you start? Comfort, comfort my people, says Uriah. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her, her iniquity is pardoned, that she is received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Isaiah 40, verses 1 and 2. Great job, Caroline. Thank you. All right, I think Wesley and Allie, you guys have Isaiah 49, right? Who's starting? Are you? Yeah. Oh, you're Psalm 23. Okay, let's go to Arlo then. <laughs> Bear with us. Arlo, you've got Isaiah 49, right? Yeah. All right, let's read it for us. <clears throat> Shout for joy, you heavens. Rejoice, you earth. Burst into song, you mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and um, has compassions for his afflicted ones. Awesome. Thank you, Arlo. <laughs> All right. Now Isaiah 49. I'm oh, sorry, Psalm 23. Are you starting? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Even though 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 23, 4. Awesome. Thank you. All right, kids, you can sit down. Thank you so much for being up here with us. What a gift. Well, these kids have shared with us about how all through the Bible, God speaks of comforting his people in time of war, in times of uncertainty, in times of difficulty. Notice carefully that verse, Psalm 23, even though we walk through hard things, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your presence, it comforts me. We are comforted because God is with us. And we're gathered here today, Christmas Eve, it's a day of celebration, but we know what it is to go through hard things. I know many of your stories, and I know a lot of you struggle with different things. You have difficult things, fear that you won't have enough, challenges, anxiety, stress. All of us know that there are times that we are challenged, and yet God is present with us. God's being with us is a comfort in those things. Growing up, my bedroom was on the second floor of our house. And uh, I was the youngest, still am, of all my siblings. I'm trying to catch up, but I just, I just can't make it. Um, so I would go to bed first, and I would go up in the second floor. My family would still be awake. They'd be down on the first floor. And I was terrified to be up on the second floor by myself. I don't know what I was scared of, maybe an intruder or a monster or something. And, you know, if you knew my parents and my siblings, you'd know they probably couldn't have helped if one of those things had happened anyway. But nonetheless, I wanted them to be with me. And so a lot of times I'd have my parents, I would beg them to come upstairs and just sit upstairs while I fell asleep because them being near me gave me comfort. And that's how God is for us. His presence, even when we're not sure what we're scared of, his presence comforts us. He is there with us. We can say to him, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God with us is a comfort. God with us is a comfort. In the Christmas season, we celebrate Christ coming as a baby, as an infant. And there's something comforting about a baby. I remember as a parent when I had little kids and I would try my best to comfort them when they were crying. You know, you go through the rounds, are you wet? Are you hungry? Are you tired? And nothing works. And you're holding a screaming child and then somehow by some miracle of parenting instinct, the child starts to calm down. And you could feel the limbs relax and the eyelids get heavy. Not your eyelids right now. You guys should stay awake. The child's eyelids get heavy. And the baby is comforted. And so Jesus being born as a baby, his comfort is our comfort. And I think for a lot of us, we maybe know that, that God is a comfort, but, but it seems far away. It seems irrelevant. It doesn't seem like it matters in the day-to-day -day things that we go through. And yet all through the scriptures, 
are stories after stories of the God of the universe coming into the things that we care about, the day-to-day experiences that we go through all the time. God comes into our lives and he addresses interpersonal problems, infertility, lack of a spouse, loneliness, family conflict, story after story of God comforting people with those kinds of things. In the Bible, we see stories of professional frustration, floods and droughts, projects that get canceled at the last minute, bad management, all the kinds of things that we suffer through, and yet God comes into those situations and he provides and he guides us. We see stories of global instability, of wars, of civil division, of uncertain transitions of political power. And in all those cases, the God of the universe enters human history and comforts us with the real things that we are going through. God cares about us in the day-to-day, not just in the big picture. I've talked before about how personally I've struggled with anxiety and I've, I've seen God come into my life and not take that away from me, but comfort me in it, to be present with me as I walk through those hard things. So this morning, as we celebrate Christmas Eve, as we celebrate Jesus coming to be with us, may that be a comfort to you. May God's presence in your life and in this world comfort you on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, we celebrate that God is with us. He is a comfort to us by his presence. But the God who is with us is not just a baby. He is also a king, a king of power and infinite might, glory and strength. And so just as we receive comfort from his presence, his being with us is also a challenge. It is something that we are invited to respond to. And we respond to the presence of someone powerful by often giving something up. The Christmas story tells of three wise rulers from a a distant land who heard of the birth of Jesus, traveled enormous distance to arrive to him to respond this way. Listen to that story. This is Matthew 2, verses 11 to 12. And going into the house... They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So these wise rulers from distant lands came to the baby who was a king and they gave him gifts. They let go of something in his presence. And they refused to obey the king of the land whose name was Herod. Instead, they made it clear that this new baby was their king. That kind of response to Jesus continues all throughout the scriptures. In fact, even at the very end, listen in the 
incredible, huge, awesome vision of the book of Revelation. Listen to how the 24 rulers respond to the person of Jesus. This is Revelation 4, verses 10 through 11. The 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will, they existed and were created. This baby that we celebrate is also a king. Have you ever met someone famous? You know, you encounter somebody, maybe it's at a restaurant, and you, you see them, and, and you want to go up, and maybe you take a selfie with them, and you're super awkward about it, and your friends laugh at you, and you, you have that feeling of being in the presence of someone important. And when we're like that, we, we often are aware of our own inadequacy. We feel smaller. We feel lesser. And so when Jesus comes to earth in power and glory, our response is often to be afraid, to be aware of our own limitations. One of the most common responses, whether it's an angel or God himself, when he appears to people in the Bible is to say, do not be afraid, because the natural response is fear. And I think partly that's because we know that we don't live up. We know that we are not enough by ourselves. We recently watched this new Netflix movie called Leave the World Behind, and one of the characters comes to this conclusion. She says, we know we're living a lie an agreed-upon mass delusion to help us ignore and keep ignoring how awful we really are. Her conclusion is that we are all awful, terrible people, but we're trying desperately to hide it. And when we come in the presence of God, that can be a challenge to us because we know we don't measure up. God with us is a challenge to us. But even that challenge is good news. Because God doesn't come to us to challenge us, to make us feel inadequate. He comes to say that he is enough when we are not enough. That he comes into our brokenness, not to condemn or to criticize or to correct, but to repair and restore. Even the challenge of God's presence with us is an invitation to let go of something, to let go of that need to make it work on our own, that need to ignore or hide or fix our brokenness ourselves. God is asking us to give over the most valuable thing, whether it's gold or crowns, our independence, our desire to make life work without him. Because God is with us, we are invited to let go. Several years ago, I was in Kenya, and we were uh, visiting the, um, the big, the, the safari land, 
And some of, the, some of the folk we were with, the Maasai, were telling me a story about how they catch monkeys. Maybe you've heard of this trap they use. They, uh, they dig a hole in the ground, a narrow hole, and they make it wider at the bottom, and they put something sweet down there. And the monkeys will come by, and they'll, they'll reach their arms into that hole, and they'll grab that sweet thing, but their fist is too big to come back out of the hole. So the monkey just stays there. And if the monkey let go, it could remove its arm and run away. But it doesn't want to let go of that treasure. And so it stays there, and the hunters just walk by and scoop them up. That's how they catch monkeys. And a lot of us are holding on to something tightly. We're holding on to something so much so that we become slaves to it, whether it's our reputation or our careers or our independence, some vision of what we think life ought to be like, and we're grasping it so tightly because we just want to control everything about our lives. And yet God comes to us. He is present with us, and he invites us to let go, to open your hand, to give gifts to the baby, to cast your crowns before him, to release that need for independence, to do it on your own. And when we do that, we experience a life of freedom. We experience his presence with us as a challenge to be near him in everything. What are you holding on to this morning? What is it that your fist is curled around so tightly that you can't let go of? This Christmas, may the birth of a baby invite you to release your grasp, to let go, and to trust him. That is where life is found. God with us. That's what we're celebrating today. We've talked about how God being with us is a comfort to us. It's something we receive. We've talked about how God being with us is a challenge to us. It's something that we give up, that we let go of. And now we want to think about the fact that God being with us is a call a call to take up something. One of the most common things Jesus says to people when he meets them in the scriptures is an invitation to go where he goes. He meets them and he says, follow me, walk with me, go to the places where I go. And so Jesus being with us is true partly because we are going with him. We go into the places that he goes. And sometimes as Christians, we have a, we have a narrow view of where Jesus goes. There, there's, there's kind of one kind of Christian who thinks Jesus is only interested in spiritual things. He wants us to pray and do Bible study and go to church and teach Sunday school. And it's very kind of a spiritual mindset of where Jesus goes. That's where Jesus stays. There's another set of people that thinks that Jesus is only interested in social transformation. He's interested in injustice, whether it's ethnic or gender discrimination. He's interested in poverty. He's interested in repairing the systems of the world, of releasing the oppressed. But the truth is that Jesus goes everywhere. 
Jesus goes into our hearts. He does that spiritual work, but he also goes into the world. He fixes the systems of this world, and he invites us to go where he goes and follow him. Listen to how Jesus puts it. This is one of his most famous invitations. This is Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is a passage of contradictions. It's the only place in scripture where Jesus invites people to come to him. He tells them that they will find rest. He speaks of a light burden. But the metaphor he uses is an instrument of labor, a tool that is meant to be used to get stuff done by beasts of burden. And yet Jesus says, when you follow me and take up my yoke, you will go where I go. We're going to try to get our minds around this a little bit more. I need two volunteers from the group tonight, this morning, here to uh, help me out. I think I need an adult volunteer, but thank you for trying. Um, two adult volunteers, I should clarify. Anybody? Anybody willing? Some brave souls? I'm going to pick on people. Uh, Ron Sage, I think you're going to volunteer. And Bill Rust. All right, perfect. All right, let's give these guys a hand. All right, Ron and Bill, come on up here. And let's see, I need you to stand right about here, okay? Stand right there, and this is perfect. What we're going to do here is we're going to try to really experience what Jesus was talking about, okay? So what I want you to do is put your head right through there. All right. So this probably would have been in the stable where Jesus was born. This is a yoke. And this is kind of how it worked. It would have been tied to two oxen who were a little bit better looking than these uh, <laughs> young men. And um, those oxen would pull forward and this device then would be attached to something that would distribute the strength back and pull, allow them to pull together. How, how, how does that feel? Easy. Easy. <laughs> a light burden? How about you, Ron? It's all good. Yeah. It's all good, okay. So Ron, be honest, if you had to pick someone to be yoked with, would it be Bill Rust or? A little better height aligned. Okay, right, yeah, that's fair, yeah. So when you think about Jesus saying, take my yoke upon you, what he's saying is that he's going to be the one next to you. That you're going to be standing in this yoke, but that you and Jesus are going to be pulling together, going where he goes. Does that sound like a little better deal than, than Bill? <laughs> it's fair. Bill, you think Jesus would do a little better than job than Ron? Yeah, I think that's fair. Awesome. Let's give these guys a hand. Thank you. This is actually a Ukrainian yoke for our Ukrainian friends out there. So this is a, a great tool. So when Jesus says this, take my yoke upon you, he's inviting us to be partnered with him, to work alongside of him. And the great thing about what Jesus does is he takes our efforts that are small and minuscule and he multiplies them. Because this 
burden of going where Jesus goes, of being his representative in the world, of seeking spiritual transformation and social transformation, of wanting to participate in the redemption of the world that God is doing, that is something that none of us can do. We simply aren't capable. And yet Jesus says, come to me and we'll do it together. Notice the qualifying condition that Jesus gives in this invitation. He says, are any of you tired and heavy laden? If that's any of you, you qualify. You don't have to pass a test. You don't have to be smart enough. You don't have to be strong enough. All you have to do is be weary. I don't know about you, but that's something I can resonate with. I feel like if that's the bar, then I can meet it. I can be tired, I can be weary, and I can come to Jesus, and I can allow him to carry that burden with me. This life of following Jesus, having received his comfort, having given up our desire to do it on our own, and then following him where he goes, is a life of adventure. There is nothing like it. If you haven't experienced that, if you don't know what it's like to follow where Jesus goes when you don't know where it might lead and trust him into the unknown, it is something that is exhilarating. It is terrifying at times, but there is no other way to live. Jesus calls us to do things in this world. Maybe for you, it's starting a company that that builds technology differently than everybody else. Maybe for you, it's spending time with your grandkids and nurturing their budding faith as they grow up. Maybe it's raising your own children and seeing that they develop a strong sense of who God made them to be. Maybe it's leading a Bible study with students. Or maybe it's being who you are wherever it is in the world, doing excellent work at your job, taking care of the people in your lives, being a neighbor to the people that you live around. Those are the places where Jesus calls us to go and he tells us that when we follow him, he does it with us. God with us is a call. It is a call to live a different kind of life, to live in his kingdom, to recognize who he is and to accept his invitation to go into the world with news of freedom and hope and justice and reconciliation, knowing that all of those things are made possible because of who he is, because of that baby, because God came to earth as a baby, he lived, he died, he was resurrected. We get to join in that and go where he goes. This Christmas Eve, we celebrate God being with us. His presence this incredible, history-changing reality that the God of the universe would become human. May that be a comfort to you that you receive in every moment of your day. May it be a challenge to you that you might let go of your insistence on doing life on your own and trust Him. And may it be a call that you would take up to follow Him where He goes, knowing that His yoke is easy and his burden is light because he's the one doing all the work and you get to be along for the ride. 
Merry Christmas. May your Christmas be filled with comfort, challenge, and call. Amen.